Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this video is about the Mandela effect, which is an incredibly compelling and, as you'll see, unsettling conspiracy theory that has emerged in the past year, more or less. It goes like this. Large groups of the population distinctly remember certain cultural memes one way, yet a simple Google search will show that they are totally different. Significant proportions of the population have false memories about mainstream cultural memes. Some examples. Nelson Mandela died in the 1980s in prison instead of in 2013. beaten. It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as Obi-Wan did. Darth Vader did not say, Luke, I am your father. Actually, he said, no, I am your father. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. No. No. It's not true. Sex in the city is actually sex and the city. My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates is actually life was like a box of chocolates. My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. The Bernstein Bears is actually the Bernstein Bears. If you build it, you will come. In Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come, is actually, if you build it, he will come. Mirror Mirror on the Wall from Snow White is actually Magic Mirror on the Wall. What wouldst thou know, my queen? Magic Mirror on the Wall? Who is the fairest one of all? Kirsten Dunst. Interview with a vampire is actually 
interview with THE vampire. Sally Fields' Oscar acceptance speech, You like me, you really like me, was actually, You like me, right now, you like me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me, right now, you like me. In the assassination of JFK, there was four people in the car. Nope, it was actually six. And there's a bunch of other examples of the Mandela effect. Go and Google this. Go and watch some of the other YouTube videos on this topic and you'll make, like I said, a bit of a unsettling discovery that you yourself have some false memories about cultural memes, about old movies, old songs, old TV shows, old books, old logos, brands, etc. It's actually quite creepy. Do this math problem along with me. A baseball bat and a ball cost 110 total. The bat costs $100 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Do the math in your head. Most people will answer, the ball must cost $10, but that's wrong. The bat would cost $105 and the ball would cost $5. If you also got $10 for the ball, that's because your brain would prefer to solve problems using language as opposed to math. I had you do this arithmetic problem. You, you like me, may need to you know, write it out with a pen and paper to really understand it. I know I had to. I had you do that arithmetic problem to prove how easy it really is to hack the mind and change our perception of reality. Your mind is a whole lot less persnickety about the details than you'd probably like to think it is. Before you categorize me as a Mandela Effect skeptic, please do watch this whole video. I have some explanations for the Mandela Effect that are completely rational. And I also think that there is a malevolent conspiracy behind the Mandela Effect that no one else is, is talking about thus far that I've, that I've found anywhere on the internet that I'd like to share with you, submit, submit to you for, for your reasoning. And then at the end of this video, I've got a test for you to do to empirically test the metaphysical explanations that a lot of people are crediting the Mandela effect to. And uh, yes, I did actually take my thoughts on the Mandela Effect and I posted them on the Mandela Effect subreddit 
and the moderators deleted it. So they don't want you to know about what my research is saying. On confabulation. Human memory is infamously fallible and open to suggestion. So I don't place a lot of faith in my own memories of old movies that I wasn't paying that much attention to anyways. For none of the examples of the Mandela effect, do I have a vivid enough memory that I think I've moved to the wrong universe. It would stand to reason that since we are all so susceptible to the same cognitive biases, it makes a lot of sense that large groups of people who saw the same movies, television, books, and products would have the same false memories. In fact, it's kind of what you would expect. I had you do the math problem with me earlier to show you how easy it is to convince you to think one thing when the reality is so obviously different. Some other explanations. A lot of the Mandela effects can be explained by companies changing their brands and logos. Companies don't always roll out new logos with a bunch of pomp and circumstance. Sometimes they do it with no announcement whatsoever so that their customers will walk by their products on the shelf, notice something is off and buy the product or contact them asking about the change. It's called a maven trap, actually. You can look it up. It's actually a fairly common marketing practice. Misquotations, which are super common, especially in the entertainment and news business. There's this myth of mainstream media fact checkers that somebody in a uh, cubicle somewhere in the offices of NBC or Fox News or the New York Times is going through and making sure that the information is correct, that the people, the, that the good looking people on television or on the glowing screens in your life are telling you. And this really is just not the case. Anybody who has attained any level of notoriety knows that they get misquoted all the time. Misquotations really are prolific in the world. Different versions of popular films, songs, or books. Movie studios will, for example, change the ending of a movie for different countries because different endings will appeal more to the unique cultures of different countries. Novels will even be entitled differently in different English-speaking countries. And certainly some of the Mandela effects can be explained by internet trolls who are using Photoshop or video editing software so that they can just create a, a little bit of a distorted graphical image of something that people recognize, that everyone recognizes from 20 or 30 years ago so that they can get 100,000 views on their YouTube video or whatever. Barring a metaphysical explanation, the Mandela effect is a fascinating example of just how susceptible to illusions we are in groups. However, to be fair, there's a couple 
that are really tough to explain. Notably, the Bernstein Bears. Apparently even some old photos have surfaced of it spelled the old way that many remember it. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Luke, I am your father. Even James Earl Jones remembers saying it this way, and there's several interviews of him in the 90s repeating, Luke, I am your father. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Sally Field's Oscar acceptance speech. Her line has become such a pervasive cultural meme. You see it repeated all the time, for example, in old Simpsons episodes. The two most popular conspiracy theories, explanations for the Mandela effect are that around 2010, some of us moved to a parallel universe where facts and names of things are just a little different. And secondly, the simulation theory, that the universe is actually a computer simulation and that the programmer of the simulation is changing things. The matrix is being hacked. At the end of this video, I'll give you an empirical experiment to do to test these metaphysical explanations. On Google Keyword Trends, if these metaphysical theories are correct, we would expect for there to be a statistical anomaly in the Google trends that uh, anyone can access. You can look it up right now while you're watching this video. We would expect a divergence point. For example, Luke, I am your father has always been more popular. Bernstein Bears has always been more popular. Sex and the City has always been more popular. Life is Like a Box of Chocolates has always been more popular. You Like Me, You Really Like Me, that has always been more popular. Sally Field, Sally Fields, her real name has always been more popular. And If You Build It, They Will Come has gotten more popular over time compared to the accurate quote. Google is obviously just recording what people are searching for. Google also auto-corrects and auto-completes a lot of search keywords. And I didn't see that in Google Trends. So my analysis is, I think, consistent with the uh, hypothesis that the Mandela Effect is just widespread false memories. I have five alternative explanations for the Mandela Effect, and one of them is a pretty juicy conspiracy theory. First is lack of critical reasoning skills. Despite having the cumulative knowledge of all of humanity and all of history available just in arm's reach away from us, in our pockets, in our smartphones, the average person has shockingly bad critical reasoning skills. You can blame this on bad parenting, public schools, toxic food, dumbed down entertainment, abrogated attention span thanks to YouTube, or the fluoride in the water. 
on average, people are just not very good at thinking. And we have culture and religion so that the not so smart among us can be can can be directed to making good decisions without having to cognitively wrestle with every decision that they make in their lives. And in our society particularly, culture and religion have declined deleteriously in recent decades. And I think that a lot of people are making decisions that they're really not qualified to make. When a person who lacks critical thinking skills stumbles upon the Mandela effect, they don't think, well, human memory is notoriously fallible, so much so that in a court of law, DNA or other evidence always outweighs what people's memories are of an event. I've been wrong before, and I must just be remembering things wrong. No, they think, those bastards at CERN, they're changing reality. My second explanation for the Mandela effect is fake news. Around 2010, we were really reaching a tipping point in social media adoption and the long tail of online content. So false memes were spread faster and further than ever. Around the turn of the decade, we also saw the rise of blogging and journalism got a lot sloppier. A lot more journalists started doing a whole lot less fact-checking. And the Mandela effect is uh, likely a byproduct of this. There's two excellent books that you can read if you want to understand this further. The Long Tale by Chris Anderson and Trust Me I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday. Thirdly, I want to talk about Bernstein versus Bernstein. One of the more convincing examples of the Mandela effect is the name of these popular children's books. Bernstein is a distinctly Jewish, Germanic sounding name like Einstein or Weinstein. Stein means rock in German. I think it's probably highly likely that they maybe put out some books under the name Bernstein and then they thought, hey, I bet we can sell more books in America if we use a more Anglo-sounding name. Back in the 1970s or 80s, America wasn't such a multicultural place. There was still some subtle racism against Germans and Jews. Back before the internet, you could just change the last name on your brand without fear that a bunch of people out there on the internet eating Cheetos were going to get together and come up with a crazy conspiracy theory about it. Explanation number four is that the programmer is shit testing us. Pickup artists talk about shit testing or uh, congruence testing is a nicer name for it. And this is when a pickup artist is trying to seduce a woman and the woman will start to be a little bit challenging and silly and maybe a little bit dramatic just to kind of give the, the pickup artist a, 
a challenge and anyone who has much experience seducing women knows that if you just stay congruent with your actions and intentions, despite her tests, you stand a much better chance of sleeping with her, consensually, of course. And if, if Elon Musk is right, perhaps the, if Elon Musk is right and we are indeed living in a computer simulated universe, perhaps the programmer of that universe is shit testing us. Shit tests are consistently kind of illogical, silly sorts of things. And the Mandela effects are pretty consistently, they're kind of silly, illogical things, aren't they? And the correct response to a shit test is to just keep doing what you're doing and not get too distracted by it. The final explanation for the Mandela effect I'd like you to seriously consider is Hollywood CIA propaganda experiments. What makes the Mandela effect so compelling and viral as a conspiracy theory is that there is a malevolence implied. Somebody is changing our history and tricking us. And I don't think that all of the effects can be explained simply by memory confabulation. Even James Earl Jones, a professionally trained lifelong actor, thought that he said, Luke, I am your father. You no, I am your father. I do think there is something of a malevolent conspiracy at play behind the Mandela effect, and that would be the Hollywood propaganda machine. Many of the Mandela effects involve cultural memes from like the 1980s. Let's think about what was going on in the 1980s. Внимание. Говорит и показывает Москва. Around the world, many communist regimes were on the verge of collapse, which the US government and the CIA was working covertly to bring about. In the 1950s and the 1960s, communist dictators had the good sense to not allow Western or American entertainment into their countries. But by the 1980s, American movies, books, and blue jeans could be found in Moscow, Bucharest, and Beijing. It would be an understatement to say that the CIA and Hollywood have been in bed with each other for a long time using movies as propaganda vehicles uh, for audiences right in the United States and abroad. I find it highly likely that the CIA has used Hollywood pop culture as a tool for inception and either for propaganda purposes or just kind of as a mean-spirited joke on middle America, I find it highly likely that they have embedded false memories in many of our minds. Hollywood is a weird place. Hollywood is in the business of trying to subvert true organic culture with global cultural Marxism. And that's not a conspiracy theory, that is conspiracy fact. 
Hollywood has for a long time been in the business of undermining Western culture, promoting cultural Marxism. I encourage you to watch some of the documentaries about the dark sides of Hollywood. The pedophilia, the communism, the warmongering and propagandizing, the greed and backstabbing, the censorship of dissenting opinions, the cult of Scientology, and the general degeneracy. Whether you're in the United States, South America, Asia, Europe, like me, or wherever, Hollywood is trying to bastardize, dumb down, and ultimately replace your culture. And no, I, I don't think that this is an intentionally evil conspiracy. I don't think that there's a bunch of old guys in a cigar smoke-filled conference room somewhere who are uh, conspiring to enslave uh, humanity explicitly. I don't think that the Jews are out to get us all, but I do believe in incentives. Humans respond much more consistently to incentives than they do to arguments, principles, ideology, or morals. There exist huge incentives for Hollywood to dumb us down into acquiescent consumers. And that's exactly what we see them doing. Now, I don't have direct evidence tying the CIA and Hollywood propaganda to the Mandela effect. Just like people don't have direct evidence connecting the Mandela effect to CERN, but based upon what we do know from history, it's a whole lot more reasonable to blame the CIA and Hollywood than CERN. I mention this because this is a malevolent conspiracy which is real and it's actually something that you can do something about. You can boycott Hollywood's propagandizing entertainment. Instead of renting a movie, go hang out with friends or family. Instead of streaming Hollywood movies and shows on Netflix or Hulu, study something on thegreatcourses.com or wherever. Instead of going to the cinema and spending 11 friggin' dollars on popcorn, go salsa dancing instead. If you really want to watch Hollywood movies or TV shows, just torrent them. There's an app I like called Graboid, and it costs 20, uh, maybe $25 monthly, and it has 
the most extensive library that I've ever seen of virtually every single movie and television show, even the really new ones. And so what I'll do is once a year, I will pay the $20 or whatever it costs, and then I will download uh, the series that I'm maybe interested in. I'll download the handful of movies that have came out that year that are actually worth watching, and that is my Hollywood entertainment budget for the year. I told you that I'd give you an empirical, personal experiment to do to test the metaphysical theories, which are that we've moved to an alternate reality or that the simulation is being hacked. If either were correct, we would expect there to be some more personal changes, which would be equally observable. The Mandela effect pretty randomly seems to affect old movies, songs, books, and brand logos. If you've been alive for at least a couple of decades, then it would have randomly affected your life also, right? Your mom's name would change. You better call her and double check. Your childhood address would change. Your dog would come back to life. Your aunt doesn't die of cancer, but in a car crash. Your dad's hair color would change. The company you work for would change their logo without telling anyone. We would expect there to be consistency between the people reporting global Mandela effects and some personal Mandela effects. So how exactly would you test for personal Mandela effects. Well, you could call family or old friends and ask them about things that happened decades ago and see if there are any really glaring inconsistencies that could be proven or disproven one way or another. However, that's not a great way to verify personal Mandela effects. What I see as the best way to test for personal Mandela effects would be to look through your old photos with an old friend or family member. Have your friend start to describe the photos to you. This photo is of you and your brothers in the snow in front of grandpa's house. Then you will have to fill in some details about what's in the photo. I'm wearing that big blue jacket, Chris is holding a stick, and Grandpa's ugly truck is in the background. Then your friend will show you the photo. Obviously, you're not going to remember all your photos. If you are indeed in an alternative universe, or if the uh, programmer has hacked the simulation, then there should be some differences between your episodic memory and the reality that you're seeing in the old photos that are as conspicuous as Luke, I am your father, becoming no, I am your father. It should be as, if not quite a bit, more unsettling than the changes that people have noted with the pop culture mainstream Mandela effects. I'll finish this video by talking about how to improve memory. So you might be thinking, wow, it's kind of alarming how fallible human memory is. Is there a legitimate way to improve memory? And you've maybe seen like some supplements and some brain games out there that you're kind of skeptical about really. 
And the truth is that there's a lot of hype and deceptive marketing around these sorts of things, and a lot of them are pretty useless. But I'll direct your attention to four biohacking tools, which are proven with double-blind, human, placebo-controlled clinical studies to actually improve memory. The first is Penex ginseng and Ginkgo biloba. These two herbs together have an exponential effect on alertness and memory from a Bulgarian study. The favorable effects on learning and memory of the combination of Panax ginseng plus ginkgo biloba and the other pharmacological activities inherent in the extracts characterize this combination offered as ginkgosan as a particularly promising drug in geriatric practice. It's such a well-known combination that you can walk into virtually any pharmacy in the world and you can pick up a bottle or a supplement package that combines the two. However, when dealing with herbs, it's really important to not go for what is just the cheapest available option, but to get the highest quality available option. There really is a, a spectrum of quality when you're dealing with herbs, when you're dealing with something nutraceutical that comes out of the ground versus something that is just synthesized in a laboratory. And below this video, I will link to the two highest quality sources that I'm aware of of these two, which are Origin Six Year Authentic Ginseng and Pure Ginkgo Biloba Leaf Extract Powder. And these two will cost a little bit more than what you're probably gonna see on the store shelves of your local pharmacy or maybe even your grocery store, but it's worth it if you really do want to improve your memory. Also, it's important to note that herbs have a little bit better absorption if you consume them in a nice tea. So what you'll want to do is purchase them as a, uh, consume them as a powder, and you actually save some money consuming things as a powder as opposed to taking them in those those uh, capsules, you know, that absorb in your stomach. So you just make a tea like normal, you steep some hot water and then you put the powder in it and you let it sit for about three minutes and you drink it. And it's actually a very nice kind of earthy taste. And if you do this for in between a couple weeks to a couple months, it really will improve your long-term memory. The second tool is memory association systems. The Greek writer, librarian, and historical literary icon Callimachus is known for saying, a big book is a big problem, because the books of the time were very awkward to handle scrolls of paper. Before smartphones, computers, and notepads made recording and transporting information so convenient, Attorneys, engineers, and other professionals used the system of memory association to accurately remember mission-critical information on the go. They used the memory palace, number visualization, pegging, object sequence transformation, and absurd associations. 
Now people use memory association systems for rapid language acquisition and high leverage skill set acquisition. And you can actually download a free three hour course on memory association systems on limitlessmindset.com. I will link to that below this video. They really do improve your memory as well as your creativity actually. The third biohacking tool is dual NBAC. And this is a brain training task that has been proven to have transfer effects to general intelligence. So this means that it has been proven in human clinical studies to actually benefit your memory and your intelligence in tasks in your normal day-to-day -day life outside of the brain training game itself, which is, that's what you'd want, right? We don't brain train just to get better at playing a little game on our phone or computer. We do it because we want to improve our abilities in life in general, of course. Dual and back won't do much for your long-term memory, but it increases the RAM of your conscious mind, which improves your short-term memory and attentional control noticeably after 20 brain training sessions. Probably a lot of people's susceptibility to the Mandela effect was because they uh, weren't or aren't really paying attention to what is in front of them. I'll include some more details and some interesting videos about the dual and back software below this video. The final really potent biohacking tool for improving your memory is a very popular, very safe, non-prescription, non-scheduled, non-narcotic, uh, non-addictive drug called paracetam. And I mentioned that combination of ginkgo and Panax ginseng and that is a combination that that will improve your memory, your memory going forward. Like if you were, for example, you know, studying for your finals, or let's say you were going to start a very challenging, like graduate program, it would be great to use that combination of ginseng and uh, ginkgo because it's going to make your memory going forward all the more better. But some of you might be wondering if there is a drug that works kind of the way that NZT48 worked in the movie Limitless, where he takes this drug and then he can remember everything that he's ever read. He can remember details from every single documentary film that he's ever watched. Well, paracetam doesn't work exactly like that, but many people report that after using it daily for 10 to 14 days that accessing their semantic memory of facts and information or accessing their episodic memory of personal memories and experiences is much more like doing a Google search than it is searching for a book in a library. Paracetam is a very safe anti-aging drug that has been the subject of over 600 human studies. It's very affordable, but there's something of a protocol that you'll want to follow. If you're going to use it to optimize its effects 
I'll encourage you to check out the Paracetam protocol, which I will link to below this video before you order or consume Paracetam. And those are the very best tools that I have in my biohacker toolbox that are pretty well proven by both science as well as by a meaningful uh, body of anecdotal data from the biohacker community online. So I hope that if you are interested in improving your memory, check some of those things out. And if you do perform the empirical self-experiment for the personal Mandela effects that I hypothesized should exist if the Mandela effect is due to some type of metaphysical phenomenon out there, please do leave me a uh, comment, a detailed comment on this video. If there's people out there that, can, that have noticed real conspicuous personal Mandela effects, that would actually make me and probably a lot of other people reconsider our skepticism about the Mandela effect. Because as it stands, the Mandela effect it manifests itself in pretty much the exact same way you would expect it to if it really is just kind of a confabulation, if it really is just kind of mass false memories. Nonetheless, it's a really interesting opportunity to, you know, peer inside of the eccentricities of the way that our minds work. Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you.